thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul's restless morning. Lord, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, for waking me up this morning. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a brand new day. This is the day, Lord, that you made. Lord, it is a day of joy for me, a day of gladness for me, a day of blessing for everyone coming into your presence this morning. And so, Lord, we say thank you. We say, Lord, be glorified in the mighty name of Jesus because you are good and your mercies endures forevermore because lord you are the hope of the nations because you are the king of kings you are the lord of lords we give you all the glory this morning yahweh we give you all the glory this morning jehovah shama we give you all the praise and glory this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you because you are faithful. Thank you, Lord God, because you are righteous. You are faithful to keep your word. When you declare a thing, Lord, you bring them to pass. Scripture says that you are the one who opens the door that no one can shut. And so, Father, thank you for the door, the door of salvation, the door that has brought us into your presence. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. As we study the word again this morning, Lord, we ask, speak to us once again. Help us learn in your presence and cause your name to be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Morphe Eyenike. All right, so we continue our study and reading of the book of Ephesians. And just like that, we are almost done. By this time tomorrow, we should be concluding the book of Ephesians. Today, we take Ephesians chapter 5. Okay, um, quite interesting, really, that Ephesians chapter 5 is the most misunderstood of all the chapters in the book of Ephesians. Most misunderstood for just one reason, and that um, the the fact that those there are people who feel that uh, Paul discriminates against women, and so again here, as Paul speaks about marriage, you know, um, there are those who interpret this as Paul, you know, putting women under, because it tells the 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 wife to submit submit to her husband. Okay, so what you're going to what we're going to do today is fully understand what Paul is speaking about today. Don't miss it. Let me just tell you the truth. Paul has nothing against women. The fact he, got, he didn't marry himself, was single, um, no. It was because about his uh, desire to be dedicated to the work God called him to. Okay, He had nothing against women. Now, to understand Ephesians chapter 5, Okay, so this is one of the reasons why you should read your Bible from cover to cover. 
from page to page or just read the full Bible. If you want to read, if you want to understand Ephesians chapter 5, you need to understand Ephesians chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, then you will understand 5. From Right from Ephesians chapter 1, remember that Paul had prayed two pray, three prayers in Ephesians chapter 1, two prayers in Ephesians chapter 3, and he was praying for the unity of the church. He, would, he spoke about the fact that the, the church had become one body, okay? And Christ makes that body complete. So here, he's going to be comparing the marriage institution, the marriage institution to um, our our relationship with Jesus Christ, okay? And as you understand it that way, that that is what he is getting at, you would then understand that by talking about Ed and all of that, it wasn't intending to make the man superior to the woman or uh, make her inferior to him by telling her to, to submit to him. Just the same way, okay, Jesus is the head of the church. God, in quote, is the head of Jesus. And there is no contention there, okay? There is no struggle in the Trinity. You don't hear about the Father and the Son quarreling with each other and saying that, no, I am the Father, you are the Son, you should submit to me. No, okay? It's usually, it's for the purpose of understanding. It's for the purpose of unity. Yes, unity in the Godhead. It is also for the purpose of unity in marriage. I'm telling you, you will learn something you will learn something this morning. So please get your Bibles. Let's read together. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Living in the light. Paul starts out by saying, Imitate God therefore in everything you do, because you are his their children. Imitate God. Behave like God in everything you do. So how did God behave? That's the question you need to ask yourself. Okay, somebody will say, ah, I don't know how God behaves, so uh, God is a spirit. How will I know? Okay, so that's why Paul tells us in Colossians that Christ is the physical representation of the Godhead. So if you want to know how God behaves so that you can imitate him, look at Jesus. Just look at Jesus and you will know how to imitate, what, how, what, you will know what to imitate. So what did Jesus do? When Jesus came into this world, the Bible says he left his glory. Philippians chapter 2, you know, became humbled himself, uh, came as a man. And what did Jesus do? Did Jesus come to this earth and then demand that I am Christ, everybody bow down and worship me? Okay, was Jesus here to lord it over us? No, he was here to even serve us. He was here to, to die for us. He was here to give up his own glory. Up to the point that he went to the cross before going to the cross. Okay. <laughs> the Bible says that the night before, he was washing the disciples' feet. The one who is supposed to, who is the head, was washing the disciples' feet like a servant. And Jesus told them that if I, the, your Lord, the one who should, who should be the master among you, I'm washing your feet, you should be watching, you should wash each other's feet. Was he just talking to the disciples? No. He's talking to, to marriage. Okay, to those who are in marriage. Okay, so. 
marriage is not a place to lord it over one another amen imitate god therefore in everything you do because you are his dear children even if you are married are you god's children answer now are you god's children if you are god's children imitate god in everything you do because you are you are his dear children leave and i'm telling you i could preach for the next for the next three hours with just that one verse <laughs> but let's go we are we are studying this morning live a life filled with love following the example of christ he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us a pleasing aroma to god so my question is do you think that this advice they are different once you get married okay or it applies only to those who are not married no it applies whether you are married whether you are married whether you are married or or not it says live a life filled with love husband live a life filled with love towards your wife wife live a life filled with love towards your husband following the example of christ he loved us he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us a sacrifice for us a pleasing aroma to god in other words be willing to sacrifice for one another this is not a place marriage is not a place that one person the wife is her duty to sacrifice and kill herself for the husband no that is not god's uh, intention for marriage and that's not what paul is trying to say for one another live a life filled with love following the example of christ verse 3 let there be no sexual immorality impurity or greed among you such sins have no place among among god's people it should not be mentioned among you obscene obscene stories foolish talk quests jokes these are not for you instead let there be thankfulness thankfulness to god like I said, those things just reveal who is animating you. Okay? Who is animating you? Who is controlling you? Jesus also taught us that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So what is inside the heart, the heart tells us what will be coming out of the mouth. Okay? So if you find out that, look, what is coming out from you is obscene stories, foolish talk, quest jokes you might want to pay attention what are you filling your heart with you're not you're not filling your heart with the word of god because those things will not be coming out for you he says instead look let it be thankfulness to god says you can be sure that no immoral impure or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of christ and of god you can be sure of that for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world a greedy person is an idolater their greed will eventually get the best of them they are they are idolaters it is worshiping the things of this world says don't be fool don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins for the anger of god will fall on all who disobey him okay so get my point Paul is not saying because uh, your son is greedy, that means that he's an idolater. No. Remember that whenever Paul is talking about this thing, he is talking about those who habitually, okay? 
those who have chosen to allow themselves to be animated, you know, and ruled by the flesh, by the sinful nature, by the old man. Okay, Paul is saying, <laughs> you will break every, every word of God. That's what you will find out in the end. That's where the, the devil and your flesh will eventually leave you, lead you into. He says, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. Okay, don't excuse it. If the Holy Spirit is the one animating and guiding and leading you, he will not lead you into such things. Since for the anger of God will fall on all those who disobey, who disobey him. Don't participate in this thing, in, in, in the things these people, these people do. Remember those he is talking to, right? The way they worship God is to gather together, offer sacrifices, you know, to, to idols, idol, idol worship was still, was still common during this time. And all manner, Paul says, don't get involved with such things. Seven, for once you were full of darkness, but now you, you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. You have light from God now. You know him who is the source of every light. The one who said, let there be light and there was light. You know him. So live, live as people of light. Live as a child of God. It is for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Someone will say, uh, uh, Pastor, no. There are times where I do, I do bad things. Okay, that's, that's perfectly fine. The light in you, there's a light in you. You know him who is the source of light. It produces only what is good. Do you understand that? It is producing only what is good. Continue to follow him. Continue to live in faith towards him. Continue to walk with him. And you will find out that the same thing will, will happen to you. What will be coming from you will be good. It will be right. And it will be true. Hallelujah. Since carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. I say again, these things apply both in marriage and outside marriage. Okay? So it's not that Paul is saying a, a set of rules that should be used in marriage and a set of rules. These rules apply to anyone, whether you are married or not. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. The way you are treating one another, does it please God? Eh? Husband and wife. The way you are treating one another, shouting down at one another, you know, hissing at one another, does it please the Lord? Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Paul says, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil, of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Don't take part in, in, the, in it. Expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. Okay? It says, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is, this is why it is said, awake, O sleepers, rise up from the dead and Christ and Christ and Christ will give you life. For those of us who are born again, Christ has given you life already. The life is inside you. Walk in the light. Okay, if you are not born again this morning, awake. Christ will give you life. You come to Jesus today and the Lord will bless you. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, Paul continues living by the Spirit's the spirit power. He says, so be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Remember, as you read these words, they apply whether you are in marriage or you are outside marriage. He says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So Paul, one of the reasons why Paul did not get married, okay, I could just put it down to Maranatha. Okay, they were almost certain that Jesus, in their own interpretation, in their own understanding of the scripture, they were certain that Jesus was going to come back again in doing that time. Remember, we said, you know, they misunderstood what Jesus said to John when he told them, look, if I say you should not die until I come back, what is your own? You just continue following, you just continue following me. And so there were those who thought that it meant that John was not going to, they were sure, they were certain John was going to live, was going to be alive when Jesus would come back. Okay, so Paul, because of that, for a lot of them, they felt there was no, if you were not married, okay, don't bother getting married. Eh? Be focused on preaching this gospel so that everybody will hear. Jesus said that when this gospel goes to all the nations and all the nations hear it, then it will return. So they were, they were trying to do the work of God and get it, and get it done. However, Paul says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. If his time was evil, what do you think, what will you call our own time? <laughs> oh, make the most of every opportunity, okay? Whether you are married or not, make the most of every opportunity. Don't act, don't act thoughtlessly. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What does the Lord want you to do? I can promise you, God wants you to love your wife. God wants you to submit to your wife. God wants your wife to love you and to submit to you also. Okay, so don't act thoughtlessly. This morning, listen. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will run, will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I ask people most times, who told you? One of the most powerful messages I ever listened to in my life. Billy Akoni, who told you? Who told you? Paul says, be filled with the Holy Spirit here. You are filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit told you to tell your wife that she's a useless woman. Ah, you are sure? I am sure. No, I am sure the Holy Spirit didn't tell you to do that. Who told you? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit at all? The way you are talking and the way your demeanor, are you filled with the Holy Spirit at all? Paul says, instead, don't be drunk with wine. Okay, don't, the way you are moving yourself, you know, when someone is drunk with wine, you can tell, right? Because the wine will be moving them. The way you are moving is showing that the sinful nature is the one controlling you. Okay, but when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, just like wine moves you around, eh? the Holy Spirit will be animating and he will be moving you. When he is moving you, Paul says, verse 19, singing psalms. He says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your heart. 
and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So now, everything Paul just said applies in marriage. Okay? So, if you want to understand Ephesians chapter, especially from verse 21 and down, so most people skip verse 21 anyway. It's as if that verse 21 was a mistake. Okay? So, but if you want to understand from verse 22, from 22 down until Paul concludes, you have to understand everything he has talked about. He has just talked about how we should live as God's children. Whether you are married, you are a child of God. You are first of all a child of God. Okay? Whether you, whether you, okay, you became born again after you got married, you are a, you are still a child of God. Okay? And so because you are a child of God, those words apply to you live circumspectly as wise and not as as foolish don't be drunk with wine be be filled with the holy spirit let the words that come out of you let them be words of thanks of thanksgiving let them let them be words of exaltation let them be words that build build up one another okay let the words that come for you be thanksgiving to god for everything your wife is some it's part of the things you give thanks for your husband is part of the things you give thanks for your children are part of the things you give thanks for now paul we go back go into the controversy and it's not controversy at any at all i'm telling you paul then says so after you understand the first 20 verses 21 paul says and further submit to one another out of reverence for christ submit to one another if you are submitted to christ Submit to one another. <laughs> so, one of the things you understand, apart from the, the context in which I have said you need to first understand the first 20 verse, you need to also understand the context of the time Paul was in. This was a period where, look, the people were, they were coming out of the, of the Jewish culture that was somewhat Petraka in nature. Even the Roman Empire, that was the dominant, dominant, you know, um, empire at that time. Women were, were not were not given any place. Were not given the place, you know, to to shine or to be able to to speak in public. So when Paul comes out here and says that, look, submit to one another. It, it didn't say one person to submit yet. He said both of you in marriage submit. Husband submits to your wife. Wife submit to your one and to submit to your husband in reverence for christ so in marriage eh? the marriage is not just the two of you alone there's a third party in the marriage and he is the owner of the marriage yes christ is the owner of the marriage is he's actually the true head of the marriage eh? your marriage jesus is actually the head of your marriage so both of you are submitted to christ and to one another. Eh? So it's like being in an army and you are a captain. Eh? And of course, you are talking down to the sergeant. But you don't treat the sergeant anyhow, right? Uh, you give orders to the sergeant and the sergeant obeys you. But there is actually a general over the two of you. And it is because you yourself, captain, eh? you are submitted to the general and so you will understand this now when the centurion was telling jesus that look i am a man under authority eh? <laughs> i submit to, to to the roman empire and because i submit to the roman empire i tell my soldiers go they go i tell my soldiers do this they do this but i know that i am responsible to my to the roman government okay so because of that i know that the same thing applied to you just say 
my son be healed and my my servant be healed my servant will be healed and jesus said wow what faith what understanding it is the same thing that applies here you are both under authority in marriage wife you are under authority to christ husband you are under authority to christ paul says father submit to one another first of all you are both children of god everything i just read from verse 1 to 20 applies to the two of you submit to one another now in the context of marriage paul says for wives this means submit to your husband as to the lord submit to your husband i love another version that says submit to your own husband as to the lord for a husband for a husband is the head of his wife as christ is the head of the church he is the savior of the body the church as the church submits to christ so you wives should submit to your husband in everything now listen it says there that for wives this means in other words verse 21 submit to one another for wives your own definition of submitting this is what i want to i want you to do i want you to submit to your husband now for husbands your own submission is love your wife <laughs> in other words love is equal to submission submission is equal to is equal to love that's how I, that's how i understand it and that's how i teach it eh? in other words when a wife is submitting to her husband she's showing him love when a husband is loving his wife she is also he is also submitting to him why is this happening because of what we read from from chapter one two three and four because of the unity of the body it is because of the functioning of the body for marriage to function okay it is not a place for people to lodge it over over one another or one person is better than the other no it is for order okay just like your body your head does not tell your your liver and kidneys and says i am the head of this place so i am the head of this of of this of this our body so um whatever i say should happen is what will happen eh? no the kidney does what it's supposed to do that's his purpose okay and the head respects it uh-huh. if it does not respect it it would it, it will soon find that very soon that uh-huh, without kidney it will soon pack up okay so it's the same thing with marriage okay why husband and wife are different from one another and they are unique and i think there's also the context in which okay what a woman is looking for you know there's also the the needs that we come into marriage it with what a woman is looking for you know in marriage oftentimes is love so god says you are submitted to me i want you i want you to love your wife love your wife and what most men are look what a man is looking for the need in marriage for a man oftentimes is submission he says you are submitted to me jesus is saying to the wife i want you to submit to your husband not that he should it means that he is the ruler over you no that's not the goal it is so that there will be unity in the home he tells the wife for your husband is the head the husband is the head of his wife as christ is the head of the church jesus does not lord lord it over the church jesus in fact 
sacrifice for the church. He is the savior of his, of, of, of his body. That's the, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your own, your own husband. It is in the context of marriage. So your husband in everything. Does that tell you, mean that women are inferior to, to men? I don't know where you got that from. It is not written here, okay? It is how so that marriage will be able to work, so that husband will understand that they, they are the leaders of their home. They are the head of their home. They will take responsibility and they will, they will guide their home. That's the purpose. Let's go on, okay? Because of our time. It says for husbands, okay? What I'm talking about in 21. Let's read 21. They will read for the husband. It says, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. When you understand it, for husbands, this means love your wives. Eh? You are submitted to me. Love your wife. Give your wife love. You want to understand how to love her? Let me show you. It says, for husband, this means love your wife. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life. Eh? Somebody that is ready to die. Is the person that is insisting, I am the head of this home. I am the head of this home. Whatever I say is what will happen. Oga, you don't understand. You don't understand submission to Jesus. Eh? You don't understand what love is. When you love someone eh, to the point of dying, then it means your life means nothing to you. The person's life is it's what is important to you. That was what Jesus did for the church. For husband, this means love your wife. Let's run because of our time. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the, clean, the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or, or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. He is talking about the church. The church will be holy and without fault. When we stand that day before, before, before the judgment throne, we will be holy and without, without fault because of what Jesus did. Paul is saying, husband, that is the same thing you must do for your wife. Okay, during a, a, a time and a culture where women were not allowed to even get an education, women, women were not even allowed to speak. However, Jesus broke all of those barriers in that he spoke freely and openly to women. Even in Paul going around, you see that Paul acknowledged women, a lot of women. Okay, so uh, they were beginning to break the barriers. Paul says that husband be willing to give up your life for her, for your wife, just as Christ was willing to do the same for the church so that he will present her to, to himself, a glorious church, a church that is holy and without fault. He says in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. You love your body very well. You take care of your body and love your wife. That's what, if you love somebody, there's no need for all this. And, and, and the head, and the hand, and the head. You don't understand married at all. It says they love their, because uh, it says ought to love your, their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. Yes, if you love your wife, it means you really love yourself. You really understand marriage. No one eats his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church 
and we are members of his body. So as the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are, are united into one. Genesis says this is a great, great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Okay? So what he is talking about here is unity. Christ and his body and the church, they are one because of what Jesus was willing to do. He is the head of this church. He gave his life for that church. The same thing applies. He says, so again, I say, each man must love his wife. Eh? I don't know why he's repeating it. <laughs> he says, each man, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect, respect her husband. I have met men who say, obey me, obey me, obey me. Whatever I say, obey me. No, she is submitted to Christ. Yes, she is supposed to submit and respect you. That, that does not mean that she is supposed to do whatever you say. You say she should come and worship an idol because you are the head of the home. Where did you hear that in the word of God? You say she should come and do evil things. You are the head of the home. You can do whatever you like. You can spend all the money of the house. Is that loving your wife? I don't know where we got all of this from. But that is not what Paul is trying to say. He says, he says, so again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. I pray this morning that God will give us understanding and will help us understand that he is only trying to help us make our marriage work. So this morning, husband, love your wife. Wives, respect your husband. Yes, because what love is to a man is respect. What love is to a woman is love. Okay, so God says, give it to one another, but do it because you are, you, you have reverence for me. I am the third party in this marriage. I own this marriage. Love one another. Hallelujah. All right. As we go this morning, I want you to pray, pray for your husband. If you are married this morning, pray for your wife. Okay. Uh, you might not. Okay. I'm not married yet. Pastor. Okay. Pray for your future husband. Pray for your future wife. Lord, you will help both of us to understand marriage. You will help us, both of us to understand how to love one another in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you this morning. Will you begin to give him glory? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because our marriages will work. Yes. I pray for marriages that are going through turbulent seasons. Lord, let this time of trouble come to an end. This time of, of shaking come to an end. Let peace rule in this marriage. And let our marriages give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.